go. Yeah, we're live. He's back. <laughs> That's right. I am back. back. He didn't get eaten oh. by any bears. Back from the great right, white north. Actually, it's funny. We had a bear in camp. A grizzly? Yeah. Or a black bear? It was a grizzly bear. Uh, they have some uh, security cameras out there, so they will check the footage. We, we, what up, Bryson? We couldn't, uh, we never saw him, of course, but he came in the camp at night several times, and that had him worried because you get a, you get a bear that's not afraid of your campsite, you know, he's going to be a problem. Yeah. And, uh, hard to keep happy customers if, uh, they step out, Side at night to take a leak, and there's a grizzly bear out there. In fact, uh, not only that, but there was uh, the cook, this camp cook. He gets up at like three in the morning to. Uh, he gets up at three in the morning to go. Uh, they have a little shed out back where they keep uh, cooler and food and stuff. So he'd go back and forth. One morning he steps out, and there's three wolves standing right there. Really? Yeah, that really terrified him because. Uh, one wolf is really not that much of a problem, but if they get yeah. in groups, you know, packs, uh, you're that's dangerous. I have a, a not funny wolf story. I don't know. I've never, I don't think I've ever told it either. Uh, so Sonia and I, that's my wife, uh, went to uh, Yellowstone years and years, years ago. It's like my third or fourth. Oh, look, that makes me look real good. Uh, years and years ago and we were we i i'd went a couple times with another girlfriend before sonia i'm saying that lower so i don't get in trouble <laughs> so uh we went to uh, so we go to yellowstone and and we go at like in the middle or the end of the middle of may it's still like white out snow it's got like the way over to some of the places has 10 or 12 foot of snow and there's really no people so we went at that point in time because usually what happens is if you can find as crazy and as bad as it sounds, if you find a dead carcass, it's been frozen over and it's finally starting to thaw. And if you find a carcass of a, a bison or whatever it is and sit on it, at some point in time, you're going to see a plethora of, of animals. Right on. In fact, lion to wolves to everything. And I had that experience years ago before Sonia, and so I wanted her to experience this. So we finally get to this one place, and it's this open, just beautiful valley. And we're up top, you know, kind of up top, and we're looking yeah. down at all these bison, these baby bison, and they're just going crazy. They're, like, jumping. It's, like, it's beautiful. They're It's it's one of the best things you can see. Oh, man, but I can guess where this was going. On the top of this hill are a pack of wolves. Oh man. So the wolves are just staring down at these bison. And finally we get, you know, we're there by ourselves. We get to a place where we pull off the side of the road. So we're kind of imagine they're above us. We're yeah. in the middle and they're okay. below us. Okay. And this, this uh, ranger comes up and says to us, well, the wolves are waiting for those bison to leave. And I'm like, well, why they want them to leave? And they said, well, the wolves chased, a bunch uh, uh, of elk down this mountain and pushed one of them off a cliff and it oh. fell, broke its neck wow. and, and, and died. And there, 
and you know they're waiting for that to happen. And I'm not, I don't know if you know this. I'm not I'm not the smartest person on the face of the earth. I think I would like to see that broken neck deer. So I start <laughs> walking down to where I think you know the the area is. Uh-huh. And as I start walking down, these wolves come charging down the hill after me. Oh, now, they're, th- to be honest, they're a good distance away. That's the God's honest truth. I get about, I don't even know, 100 yards from the drop-off. Everybody at, that's on the road is now honking their horns at me. And I have I am oblivious. It's like I'm just death. Uh-huh. I see my I look up, I finally look up to make a smile and like a hi, look at me down here. <laughs> and I see everyone going, come on, come on. So then I look, I, I I'm literally I look up and I can see them charging down the hill. Jeez. And I just no lie, I hightailed it. And the only reason they didn't get to me was some dumb person saw him charging down the road and started getting in their car and like taking pictures out the side of the window and blocked them from crossing the road. Wow. And it was like the the ranger is like you're the dumbest person I've ever heard I've ever seen yeah, in yeah. my life. Yeah, uh I, you know, you're one of those guys that you see on those YouTube videos like dumbest people in the public parks, I'm, you know, that I, kind of I, stuff. I am that yeah. I, I'm surprised Yeah. And, and, <laughs> It, and quite honestly, that was one of the, the greatest, like, seeing thing in my life. Sonia had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm really going to get in trouble for this. Sonia had to go to the bathroom really bad. And so I take the car, drive all the way down to this place where she can go to the, go to the bathroom. We get to this bathroom. We're sitting in another area. And out came a 600-pound grizzly that literally – Walked across the thing. I'm on my. I got my digital camera. Just like I'm just. I've got ten thousand pictures of this. It walked all the way up and rubbed its ass on the front of our our car. No (laughs) lie. (laughs) Oh man, we got to see those pictures, dude. And then, and then, of all things, got shot by a ranger with a rubber bullet as it was on the front of our car. Wow, that's experience. Awesome. Have you got a hurricane on top of you? Uh, Texas Huntsman's asking. So the, yeah. Well, if you if you listen to the media, we had a, the worst probably chances of ever getting hit uh, of all time. It skirted by us and dropped off maybe half an inch of rain. Oh wow! So nothing. I mean, we had rain. We had more rain over the weekend than we got from this tropical storm. It was it was pretty nothing okay. at all. Well, good. That's good to hear. So. Yay, Jeff, we're all back. It's good to be back. Uh, good to be back on the show with you guys. It's always great to see you guys. And uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, speaking of that, of, of uh, grizzlies or uh, carcasses and, and animals, there was a dead carcass. I think it was a moose carcass on the side of the river when, uh, we, first, when we first got there. And there was a grizzly on it for a couple of days. Yeah. And then, and then uh, after he was done, I mean, you're, you're not kidding. Eagles. Everything. Uh, everything. I mean, every kind of animal you can imagine until there was literally nothing left of that carcass. It was pretty, pretty wild. 
the the first time in Yellowstone uh, was like one of the greatest uh, vacations I'd ever taken until I met Sonia. That's the God's honest truth. But I, I, we 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 were on a carcass and saw wolves, mountain lion, grizzly, black bear. Every animal in in Yellowstone came out and and ended up eating this carcass within forty or fifty feet from us. We were in in the car, and you got up. You just made your, you got up unbelievable early, and you got there and just were quiet. And you had your binoculars, and uh, we watched. Uh, you know, we watched some some wolves take down a live a uh, live de- uh, an elk from about two miles away, and they chased it up the hill. A, a school of a school of them. You, you can tell I'm a fisherman. A group of them, <laughs> and then kind of like took one off that they knew which was the worst one yeah. and chased it downhill. And all of these, these wolves were just waiting and they ate it. I know this is not politically correct. They ate it while it was alive. And the noises this animal made before it died were, it was like national geographic kind of shit. Oh, it was man. insane, but it was, a, it was a long way away. I should mention that it was a long way away, but it, crazy. It's one of the reasons why when uh, when Sonia and I were like, oh, she wanted to go to Yellowstone and I wanted to fly fish. I said, "This is we need to go." Pretty much the same time I went the first two or three times. So, uh huh. It, it well, was, you can fly fish out there too, right? Let yeah, yeah. I, did. I I I had one of my best days of fly fishing out there. I caught uh, I the the third or I think the third time I went out there. I've got all sorts of stories. Third time I went out there, I hit the salmon fly hatch, and uh, just completely crushed it completely absolutely annihilated fish i mean every time the salmon fly hit the water i caught a fish that day I, I i at one point in time i had fished for four hours i caught so many fish i told the guide i'm done for the day i can't move i i, I want to die <laughs> oh, right now man. that's so, the kind of fishing we all want right yeah, there it was unbelievable that's fishing not catching I mean, catching, not fishing. Yeah, it was, it was, and of course, I had to buy like fifty salmon flies. I did not lose one because I tied my own knot. Ah. And it's, a, it's a, and what people, and I say it to people, when you go fish with somebody, there's a something you should always do. If you're not using your equipment, retie and tie the knot you like. Because I was using the guides, and he was going to charge me six dollars a fly, and I had to, I had to, I had to pre-purchase fifty. Wow. And then when I came back in, he had to he had to reimburse me for all of the ones I did not lose, and I did not lose one fly that day. Jeez, that's awesome! That's uh, that's some skill right there. Yeah, especially if you're catching like crazy. Oh yeah, well I I went through a ton of leader, but I he he said the average person goes through fifty of them. I'm like, look, I'm he's like, I'll tie your tie for it, tie your tie it up. I'm like, no, no, don't touch this thing. This is. Uh-huh. I don't want you. It's like someone handing you a pole to say, "Oh, here you go." Good. I know you can't catch them, but use my rod and you can catch that. No, that that does not go down over here. Right on. Well, uh, what have you been doing the last couple weeks that we've been off the air? I mean, we were scheduled to go on the air, and then bam, you had no electricity. I didn't have. I didn't even even have internet today. The internet went down when the storm went by until three o'clock. Oh man! And and to make matters worse, we have all underground 
electrical and everything else here. Huh. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't think I've done really too much. I've fished a few times. I struck out, went fishing twice, and didn't catch one thing. Uh, mm. I went fishing with Topwater Johnny, Hank Snow, and, oh, my gosh, he'll kill me, Booster C. And I was like, I had I had done an intro, and I was like, oh, we're going to do, you know, we'll do two-on-two two fishing, blah, blah, blah. And I got over there, and thank God we didn't do that because I didn't catch one fish. And they were just bringing them in after one after another. And I'm like, you've got to be joking me. Wow. So something's going on with my fishing. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know what's happened over there lately. Crazy. Uh, so but it doesn't matter what I have been doing. I want to hear your what you have done over the uh, over in the last 10 days. Because you what you do, do have done is really what the topic is for the day. It is. It is the topic of the day, but let's talk about some other stuff first. Yes. Uh, You're right, though. Um, One thing we'd like to know from you guys, and when we get to kind of talking about my Alaska trip, is uh, after I kind of tell you guys about that, then we're going to talk about what's your bucket list fishing trip. So think about that, and then uh, don't post it now in the comments so that we can do it when we get to that part of the segment. But start thinking about uh, where you would love to go if you could go on an ultimate bucket list awesome fishing trip. But I thought, uh, you know, Steve and I have talked about some stuff maybe we might share with you that are uh, interesting. One of the interesting things that uh, you guys have seen in my videos is I do a lot of these unboxings, as does Steve Chapman. I did one today. Uh, and I did a video of this Salt Creek Tackle last month, my first box here. Okay, now, before you go in, tell, explain to me what that, that one is, because I've never, I think I watched the video, but for whatever reason. Yeah, okay, so the way I got introduced to this is one of my subscribers. He, yeah. you know, put a comment and said, you need, need to check these guys out. Look what it says here. Custom Tackle Redefined. Oh, I remember this one. Okay. Custom lures. These are all handmade custom lures. He's really into that, into specialty, not off-the-shelf lures. And, I, hey, I thought that's great. Can I say he has a nice-looking box, to be honest? The, yeah, the, the package box. is very, very nice. It is very nice. It's a great-looking box. But this box costs $70 a month. Shut your mouth. Yeah, $69.99 for this. And uh, the reason I'm talking about it today is because this is my second month's box. And after it got shipped, I got a notice that said they're canceling my order from now on. And I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean canceling my order? What the what's going on? I thought what the credit card problems. What? You know, you just don't like me. You didn't like my you didn't like my last video. Your video was just off the charts. Yeah. And I yeah. need this. Yeah, so uh, then they sent an email that says, no, we've we've decided to kind of rethink this and we're going to go back and try to find uh, more and better custom lures and we're going to revamp the box. And then when we do, we'll let you know. So this is the last box. And uh, what I, I, here, here's one silly thing that these guys do. I think silly that I thought, man, I got to share this with you guys. Even though I got a video on this, I'm going to be posting. If you remember last month, 
they had sunscreen in the box. I do now that you say that I do remember yeah. this. Sunscreen. Sunscreen. Right? Which, hey, we all need sunscreen. We need protection from the sun. Uh, but yes. do I really want it? Do I really want it in a subscription tackle box? No. Yeah. Well, how about this? How about combat wipes? Outdoor cleansing and refreshing wipes. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, if they, if that was sent to me, there would be a reason. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is part of their, their deal. And I, I, I'm like, man, even if this is the best combat wipe ever on the planet, do you really want it in your tackle box subscription? You know, I, I don't see the, I don't see the connection really. I'm missing that somehow. And, and that was part of the, the $70. Yeah. 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 I mean, As what? As was the sunscreen last month. Okay, so I got a question right now. Did you do a um, did you do a like a comparison to see how much each lure was, and then find out if it was if that seventy dollar was if it was over seventy dollars? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I did last month. I didn't do it this month, and the reason I didn't do it this month is he's really got some custom lures in here that I couldn't find. Oh, or or I like I found this. Here's something. That, this is called the darting R two or R two by hot lures john hot makes this and here's his address if you interested but this is a balsa custom crankbait um, that apparently there's kind of like a cult following after this sort of lure but trying to find it and find pricing on it was really hard to do so and, and it's the same on some of this other stuff they do to their credit i think they do make quite an effort to come up with very custom tackle, handmade. <clears throat> you know, one of the things that, that I said in my video on, that I made on this today that I think is important to keep in mind, I love supporting small companies and, and uh, I'm all about that. But small custom made doesn't always mean good. It doesn't always mean awesome. Uh, now, sometimes it does. You know, I mean, I, granted, but... And, and that's that's where you got to be careful. You know, if you're going to put a $25 crankbait in your box, which is what they gave us last month, a $25 crankbait, it better be superior somehow, you know. Yeah. If it doesn't have Mega Bass printed on the side, most people are not going to pay 25 bucks for it, you know. Mm -hmm. It's Have you ever been to, like, an antique uh, fishing lure show? Um, no, I have not been to an antique fishing lure show. We should invite Bernie Schultz onto the show. He's a uh, uh, yeah, he, he is the king of, of it. He's a good friend of mine. Um, but I go to the, Ken and I, cousin Ken go to the, the international, uh, whatever antique fishing show every year in Daytona every year. And we, we end up, uh, the goal is to, for each one of us to buy something for the other one as a gift to say, thank yeah. you for all yeah. the stuff that goes on. And, uh, some of the stuff you'd be, you'd be so surprised. You go in there and see all these unbelievable lures that you're just, you're just un you you can't even fathom that this lure is, you know, a hundred years old. But if you talk to everybody, but Bernie Schultz, all these people go in there and they don't, they've never been fishing. They do it because they love the antique of these old, 
you know, oh, really? massive lures. Like, uh -huh. I mean, you, if you have an old musky wood lure, you you need to to find some of these guys. It's probably worth a fortune. Really, and I'm not joking. And uh, some of the stuff that these guys, I mean, it's it isn't a big crowd. It's a lot of older people that go in. Uh, I think I was the youngest one that was there that mm -hmm. that weekend. Um, but th th some of the stuff they have, what, seeing some of the old stuff is just. That's where the, you, you, that lure you have. Someone will go in there and go, "Oh, this is blah 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 blah." And this yeah, yeah. Does it? Yeah. And I know him, and and it's crazy, but uh, yeah, it, it's well, they, that would, it's awesome. That would, make a, that would make a fun show for sure. Talking yeah. about antique lures. Yeah, uh, Bernie knows everything. I think that's what he's going to do after when he retires for you know bass fishing on the elites. He's, yeah, he's just that much into it. it it's I, ridiculous. I've heard him uh, talk about that in the past, and his knowledge is off the charts. And, and you can tell he's super passionate about it. Oh yeah, and his son is is a, a unbelievable angler too. He, I think he was. I'm not sure if he's still with Shimano, but he's with somebody. Uh, he's a rep, and and he, he, just his knowledge is even more. Um, so, but I'll ask Bernie for to get to come on the show for sure. Cool. Okay, so that's one of the things. There's other things that we want. Out of curiosity, do you think they're going out of business because they didn't make enough money? I don't know. Um, and, and I don't know if they're going out of business. They just said they're discontinuing this and they're going to try to revamp it and come out with something more more tailored. You know, So who knows? Who knows what, what the plan is for these guys? I would say, though, that... Um, it's hard to get people to pay 70 bucks for a subscription box. If you could do it, mystery tackle box would be doing it. Right. Um, so I don't know. I, I would, I would, it'd be interesting. I would almost bet you that almost none of our viewers are subscribing to that box. Yeah. I, I, I never had heard that box till you put it up there. So yeah. maybe the owner, is a fan of yours and he said you know I, you should get this box and he <laughs> and set the hook on you and brought yeah, you in he might have but uh to tell you truth, a lot of the lures are pretty pretty good really yeah um, I, I think but, i remember watching it last last month it was good 70 dollars is painful you know you uh, have a couple of those you have that other box a jdm one is yeah that bento box deal. is a hundred dollars that one that yeah. one that one doesn't come with anything extra. Nothing extra. No wipes, <laughs> no sunscreen. None. None. Yeah. So that's hilarious. Uh, let's see here. Uh, another thing I was going to mention is, uh, you know, uh, I, I saw on one of the forums that uh, an angler died out at uh, Toledo Bend. Mm. And I really thought we should mention this because, in fact, I think I've got the article here on my deal let me see if i can pull it up and show you guys and the reason i think we need to talk about this because i guarantee you this is a guy can you see that on the screen uh the you have to take off turn off the overlay oh yeah i gotta turn the overlay off okay i can do that all right so here's a man 73 years old he's an experienced angler there's no doubt here um and on June 17th, uh, he uh, had a problem. 
It says here, he called his wife around 8.30 p.m. on June 17th saying he was experiencing engine troubles in his 20-foot bass boat, and he was going to use the trolling motor to get back to the launch. He was found in the water near his boat by a nearby fisherman the next morning. It's oh. unknown, it's unknown <clears throat> how he entered the water. And it says here at the, at the end, his body was recovered without wearing a personal flotation device. Mm. Now, I don't know how many of you guys uh, have been in this situation before, but I say if you've been on a boat for five minutes, that's about all the time it takes to have uh, to have it, your motor break down at some point and you got a trolling motor in, you know. In fact, I had an experience one time on Pickwick Lake where the motor uh, died, wouldn't start, and then we ran the trolling motor till it was completely dead. And then we took the ore out that I had in the rod locker and tried... You try paddling a, a 20 foot bass boat. It's impossible. It's freaking impossible. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, um, I digress here. But the point is, if you get into a situation, especially nighttime, you're tired, you're trying to get home on a, on your trolling motor, no telling how he fell out of the boat, but dude, put your PFD on. Yes. You know, Wear a life jacket. I can't believe how many guys get in a boat and don't wear their life jacket. And a lot of guys say, well, I do it when I'm on plane. That's when it's dangerous. Okay, fine. But in this, in this case, he's not on plane, but he's up at the bow of the boat. And if you ever use a trolling motor as your motor of force uh, and you put it on high, turn it sharp left or right accidentally real easy to do and it will it can throw you out of the boat instantaneously it can happen really really quick uh so you know this is just word to the wise you know come on folks yeah there, don't, you don't realize uh you know as men <laughs> as most of us are men uh, yeah. you get up there and you're like it's like asking for directions you don't want to do it but sometimes you have to suck it up and just do it. PFD is is just like that. I, I mean, I my buddy Mike, the, as soon as he touches the water, he has a PFD on, and he has a, a little EPIRB kind of thing that he, it, as soon as that thing touches water, it goes off to say, to call somebody to say, hey, look, we got we got an issue. Yeah, that's and a good idea. I actually, had to use it, but when he he's offshore, you know, 30, 40, 50, 100 miles offshore. If something happens, I mean, you gotta have you gotta have all your everything lined up. Um, I mean, yeah, booster up? booster might be right. I can guess how he did it. His trolling motor was on ten, the like, highest speed. You hit a stump or anything like that. It's real easy to ha real easy. It can happen like that. Yeah, that uh, that uh, that's just a shame. That's just uh, you know. We hear about this probably, I bet you hear about this five to ten times a year. Yeah, absolutely you do. And 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 you're just kind of more or less like, what, what, what is, what's going on? What, what, what don't people understand? Um, having said that, I've been one of those stupid people that have been on the water uh, on a boat and, you know, mm -hmm. trolling, just barely moving and mm -hmm. saying, 
you know, I don't need to put my PFD on right now because I'm, uh, you know, I'm, you know, filming or doing something else at the time um, or, uh, you know, having the drone and, you know, I'm trying to do something else. So it's, it's a shame. Our thoughts and prayers obviously go out to the, their family, of course, but absolutely, we all have to be a little bit smarter about uh, being, doing something like that. I mean, it takes five seconds to put on a PFD. It's that's five right. seconds. So that's our public service announcement. Uh, here's a, an alternate public service announcement also. Make sure your PFD actually fits you and it floats. It's not a freaking, you know, I mean, I'm telling you, I've seen some of, these, some of these PFDs that dudes have. And I'm like, man, just get you one of those little uh pool noodles and wrap it around you because that's about as effective as your as your pfd that thing's junk invest a little money in a decent pfd man and use it i mean it's it's yeah it's real it's easy insurance cheap insurance you want to know it's funny when we go fish the lagoon uh saltwater anglers in this case you don't wear a pfd uh if you fall out of the boat, you just stand up. There's right. no place You're, where it's over two yeah. foot. So right. uh, it's a little bit different. Uh, bass fishing guys, like, I mean, bass fishing boats go so fast these days. I, I, I've been on I've been on pro boats where we're going from one place to another where, you know, of course I have a PFD on at that point in time. When we get, get going and you're going so fast and that boat's, you know, you know just yeah. walking yeah. out of water and the I only know, thing that's exactly. hitting the water is the prop that I've actually like had to hold myself kind of <gasps> yeah. just to calm myself down because I'm like, if I go off this boat right now, when we're bouncing, not only am I going to look like the Michelin tire man doing flips off the water, I am dead. I yeah. am dead, dead. You're not kidding. I mean, uh, there's, it's dangerous. Let's it's, it's it one of the, it's one of the <laughs> rules about major league fishing that I like the most. Major League Fishing anglers have 30 minutes to ride from when they they start to get to the spot they first want before lines in are. Where bass fishing anglers, elites, they all plan, they go out every, you know, five or six seconds, and they all just race each open other. up. And they're, it's just <clears throat> balls out fast as you can get to your spot. And no uh, it's, it's, it's a perfect segment a perfect segue into you missed this, but last weekend Jacob Wheeler put on a clinic. A clinic. I heard about that. But what was more fun and the craziest thing that most people uh, are gonna either know about or not know about is called the flogger. The flogger. If you don't know what a flogger is, there is how how much is that one? Oh, one hundred and fourteen bucks. Let me. Is that on Amazon? This is on. uh, This is on uh, Tiger Warehouse. Okay. Let me me take my overlay off so you can see it. Okay, that is the lure craft flogger underwater viewer one fourteen ninety nine. Do they say they have them in, Yeah, they do say they have they have how many in stock? Oh, it says stock, July, July 29th. 29th. Yeah, July yes. 29th. That makes that makes more sense. They were completely sold out after Jacob Wheeler's first day. And 
what you do is you stick that thing in the water and then you look through it and you can find it. But here's the craziest thing about this flogger thing. These guys have $30,000 worth of equipment on the front of their boat. <laughs> but they're using a $115 piece of plastic to find fish. Yeah, is that crazy or what? It is uh it was a oh, I've seen the flog that the flogger years ago. I watched it on uh I think it was Kevin Van Dam and Mark Zona might have been doing one of the Zona fishing shows. It was a yeah. Zona fish, live fishing thing. And he had this thing out, and I was like, as soon as I saw it, I texted him. And he didn't get back to me right away. But then I'm like, you got to tell me what this thing is. And it's a, it, in crystal clear water, you can put that thing up and look down and see if the, if the smallmouth is on the bed. It happens during only happens during a certain amount of time. Does but it have a magnification on it, or is it just? It, do, it kind of does. Okay. Um, and you can it, it it made it made a huge difference. But my my, while I'm very happy for Jacob, and you know, really what we found, uh, oh, Mister Bass Wheeler broke his in practice. It says uh, he had one. I don't the the guys that were in the top ten all used floggers. They all had a flogger on the front of their boat. And as the weekend went on, they end up having um, more and more anglers were like rednecking it up and making their own. And and really, it was really, really funny getting towards day two. But my question is, where have we gone in in, in fishing where we have, you know, $25,000, $30,000? You have every forward-facing sonar known to man on the front of your boat you have every different brand you have everything knowing where the fish are all of the stuff but we're using this have we gone too far in professional fishing and have we put too much emphasis on this stuff because i just don't get how these guys need this and all that elect that technical equipment to catch fish have we taken away the joy of of tough fishing now with all this new equipment. That's my question to you. I think it's a fantastic question. And I think a lot of us have been asking the same thing because you are right. These pros now easily have 25 to $30,000 worth of fish finding equipment, electronics on their boat. And they're using a hundred dollar flogger to find fish. Well, no, supposedly those floggers were like 400 bucks last two weeks ago. Wow. You could not find one online to buy. Yeah, that's crazy. I, 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 you know, I think a lot of us ask this question is what is too far? I mean, you know, first uh, years ago, um, you just had a little sounder. It has a little round dial and you look for the, you look for the yeah. red light to line up. And when it lined up, you were over the top of a fish. And now we're, we got underwater cameras and we got underwater sonar and we got down scan and side scan and uh, 360 scan and uh man every you've got that thing that sounds the fish to get closer to you that's right know. yeah the chirper the the uh yeah you're right we talked about this we didn't talk about, about it uh yeah. and it's just like and who can argue with it you know i mean there's guy absolutely guys are finding fish with the electronics and these young guys that really do really understand their electronics well they're spanking some older, more experienced fishermen who are kind of maybe being a little more hard-headed about the equipment. Um, 
it's a it's an amazing thing to think about because where is it gonna stop? It's not gonna stop. You know the way technology goes. I don't. I have no idea what they're coming up with, but sixteen inch screens on the front yeah. of your boat. I mean, you're gonna have. I, I, <laughs> have you seen some? Some of these guys have screens that actually are at like not looking down as much. They've got this thing where it raises it up like. Well, the next is going to be the next is going to be virtual reality goggles that you oh my wear, and you can see everything under the boat. I mean, perfectly. Uh, that's the next thing, and, and they're going to have to have someone to drive the boat for them because they're they're, they're not even going to be able to navigate because they're it, it's 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 bizarre the the level. You know, the other thing you and I talked about is if you can use if you can use uh, up scan, down scan, side scans, 360, AccuView cameras, floggers, everything else. Hydrowave. Why, why in the world can you not throw an A-rig? I mean, really? Is an A-rig is an A-rig so over the top amazing? It takes away all the competitive nature of fishing, but none of this other stuff does. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 just it's ridiculous, man. So I'm not gonna I, you and I talked about this. I'm not going to share some of the knowledge I know. Right, right. But the A rig was taken away because supposedly, as I do air quotes, supposedly there was one angler that said it's it's not fair for everyone to use A rigs. It's going to make everyone else as good as I am, and and I'll never win another tournament if they use. And 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 that was what. That was supposedly the reason why A rigs were banned and elite stuff. Now, well, is it I mean, true? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you can use the exact same argument with uh, you know the different forms of sonar. They definitely, they definitely give some people an unfair com- uh, competitive advantage. If you're one of these guys that uh, feels like I'm more of an intuitive and natural fisherman, I don't have time to spend hours and weeks and months in, uh, behind a screen, mm-hmm. you know. Well, uh, it, what it's done is it's it's taken away, um, it's made the the field of anglers uh, kind of all have the same access to what's going on in the past people used to say oh you want to know why kvd does so well he's fished here 30 times and so he knows the lake better than anyone else that isn't the case anymore now you these guys can show up bring a a flogger and everything else and absolutely put a smackdown. you might not like major league fishing i understand it you might not like boyd duckett i understand i can understand it i i have a lot of respect for boyd um but major well, league fishing think about this think about your flogger argument though the guys in the tournament that could get their hands on a flogger they had a competitive advantage over the guys who couldn't they get did. one yeah they 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 definitely did um you know major league fishing has has put out put out a good schedule this year. That's the God's honest truth. And yeah, it wasn't, yeah. it isn't Boyd that picked the places because I know there's a whole process behind it and all sorts of stuff. Major league fishing's put, has had a couple spots this year that has absolutely been unbelievable to watch. And you might not like smallmouth fishing and how they were doing it, drop shotting. Cause I can't drop shot, but it was absolutely at, it was some of the most fun 
watching fishing I've ever watched in my life. And you were you were on the edge of your seat just going, when is someone going to catch a seven-pound smallmouth? That's yeah. what I, that's all I was waiting for. Wow. I'm going to have uh, to go it, back and watch that. It was it, it's it's absolutely the first day with Jacob Wheeler. There it is nonstop. I think I don't even know how many how many stuff pounds there were there were eight or ten people that caught over a hundred pounds of fish on the first day of the tournament. That's crazy. And and the second day, John Cox went out there and caught ninety nine pounds. He doesn't have a clue how to smallmouth. I mean, well, they picked the perfect place to go fish. And I'm joking about John. I also read somewhere that they were trying to uh, disqualify John uh, Cox because of the no practice rules. I think it was a BASS tournament because of the no practice rules and the fact that he had a major league fishing tournament on the same lake uh, when for the other tournament that was considered uh, no practice time. You weren't allowed to go practice. And, uh, I read that somewhere that people were trying to get him kicked out of that tournament or disqualified because he fished another tournament when he was supposed to be off limits. Um, so I, I, I have to stick up for John. I'm a hundred percent positive. He talked to bass and he talked to Boyd Duckett and he talked to everybody to make sure, Oh, they did disqualify him. It said Kyle says they DQ'd him. Oh, to be honest, I bet he doesn't go back to bass. And I would understand it. I would 100% understand it. He was given, uh, he talked to everyone to make sure what he was doing this year by fishing, because he wasn't going to fish bass elites. He was going to fish pro circuit and the, and MLF BPT. And it made sense. That was where he was going to do his, not his best, but it gave him the best chance to win. So for them, Bass or whoever making that decision to disqualify him, he probably, they asked him to come back. They were like, because he wasn't going to fish the elites. And then he, then because the elites took forever and a day to get their, their schedule out. And he was like, why am I waiting so long for the schedule to come out? You guys should be on top of your shit and get this stuff done. And here he didn't. So that's why he went to major league fishing. So that just even makes me more mad about the elites. I mean, I, that's, that was, if that's the case, that is completely stupid. That is a real shame. John Cox, not only is he an awesome guy, but he is the epitome of a professional fisherman. And uh, to see, and, and it's fun to see him fish. It's fun to watch him fish because he wins so much. Um, well, what I heard, and maybe other guys know Hold more. About I'm because, texting him right now. Sorry. Okay, because I heard, I heard out of the, uh, I heard this through the great man when I got back from Alaska. So I didn't have all the details. But what I heard is that BAS, other BAS pros were mad and protested uh, that he should be disqualified because he got extra practice time on the water by fishing that major league fishing tournament. So yeah, it'd be interesting to hear his side of that. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, but this whole unfair advantage conversation, I think is very, very interesting. Uh, you know, here's, here's another, you, you can expand this, this flogger slash electronic slash a rig debate even a little further. What's the one thing that they out that they all the tournament the, the pro tournaments outlawed uh, a few years ago? No more dock talk, right? You're not you're no longer allowed once that they have a window, and once that window of time starts, you can't go talk to anybody 
on the lake or around the lake. You can't talk to any guides. You can't talk to any locals. You can't get any local fishing knowledge, right? Local fishing knowledge is not allowed because it's not fair. It gives one guy an uh, an unfair competitive advantage over another. But (laughs) so does all this other stuff. How, how, you know, the, the thing about that rule is, do you not think that these guys talk when they go out to dinner together or when, or when they're yeah. sharing a room? I mean, most yeah. of the guys end up, yeah. um, you know, they it, it's very expensive to, to, to fish the elites. That's the, the God's honest truth. It's very, very expensive. They don't make much money. So some of them, most of them have, I don't want to say partner, but they have a rooming partner where they will get a room with two beds and split that cost, which saves them a fortune. Do you not think those guys don't talk about what's going on? I've I've heard it in videos. I've watched Scott Martin's videos and listened to them talk about what their plans are during the day on his videos this year. And then go... That's legal. What's not legal is they can't. They can talk to other guys in the tournament, but they can't talk to anybody outside the tournament. That's the rule, and you know. So, so I I don't mean to bust in here. Then tell me how. Um, it, I wonder if that's a rule for MPFL because I know. No offense to Lunkers TV, Rob Turkla. He has a bad day, and then everybody calls him. Jacob Wheeler calls him. Uh, why you'd listen to uh, what's his name? Uh, Dave Mercer, if he called you to tell you fishing stuff, I would I would just throw that away. But all these guys from elites and other places, he said on the on his videos, I these guys called me and said, you know, you should do this or you know, you should that isn't that isn't disqualification stuff. I mean, he has it in the video. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't. Maybe I'm too close. Uh, Maybe we're getting a little bit of static. I put myself on mute and it was still staticky. So um, I don't know. And, and I don't, I didn't really bring that up to actually hammer uh, the uh, out that topic other than to just say, look at all the stuff that, and one of the guys said, well, rules are rules. And you're right. If it's a legitimate rule, it's got to be followed until they change that rule. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's kind of funny to say, an A rig's unfair. You can't fish an A rig, but floggers are okay, and dock talk's not okay. But you know, uh, using electronics. Sh- in fact, is sharing waypoints legal? I think it is. Uh, you know, you can just go on and on and on about this stuff, and it just balloons and balloons and balloons, and it's really just fun to talk about. Uh, yeah, what, whatever, whatever they decide, they decide, and that's that's the way it is. But. Um, I, I think it's kind of, I don't want to say hypocritical, but it's kind of funny to say a rigs give you an unfair advantage. Absolutely. No way. Are we letting anybody, but just like you said, if you couldn't get your hands on a flogger, it sounds like you weren't going to win that tournament. Yeah. I, and uh, so why not every, why not issue a flogger to everybody at the beginning of the tournament? So you're, you're all got one, you know, then it's, then it's all on the same level playing field. Yeah, the, the flogger, the the flogger was completely confusing to me because I started watching major the major league fishing that morning, and I got an email from somebody on major league fishing saying, "Oh, you know, we're live, blah blah blah." 
but it was it was like uh, I started watch. Well, I was watching it because I was like, this is it's unbelievable. But then when the, I saw the flogger on, you know, Mark Daniels, there were there was a ton of them, and then you know those guys were just they were they were the top guys in major league fishing that day, and then they you came back to day two of that group. And all these guys had went out and made homemade redneck ones. And they got, they were, it was hilarious to see what they had come up with. They're stealing stealing cones off of the road side construction site, right? Pretty much. (laughs) Uh, The the best one was uh, Edwin Evers had one. And he even said, I've got like $12 into this thing. So I couldn't find one for four hundred. I went to I went to Home Depot and it's twelve bucks. So, you know, it was it, it was weird. Everyone keeps saying that it's from my end. My they're saying the crackling is starting to bug them. Yeah, I don't know how to not make. Maybe it just don't talk the rest of the show. That, done. <laughs> uh, Man, the joys of trying to do a podcast. I mean, last show, I had you on mute, and we pretended like it was all your fault, and I had you on mute. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. You need to try something. Plug in a new microphone, Steve. Uh, but, it is uh, what it is. It, it's live. I mean, yeah, it's live. It's live. It's the best we can do. There's yeah. definitely some crackling coming from your end, though. Um Let's see. All right. Another thing I was going to talk about off topic here. That was a fun topic, man. We could have, we could really have some shows over that. I hope John Cox texts you back during the show. That would be really awesome to see. It's a little late, but you never know. Yeah, it is late. Um, All right. So, uh, you know, I do these, you and I did one. We shared a tackle box mystery tackle box, a Mr. Bass mystery tackle box, and a get your fish on where we shared tackle. Well, I had one of my viewers on my uh, Saturday night show win a Mr. Bass mystery tackle box, and I had 25 jigs in this box that he won, brand new jigs. Uh, A lot of money is worth of jigs. I had six cent swim jigs in there. I had dirty jigs, flipping jigs in there. I had uh, river to sea football jigs. I had uh, a lot of great, great jigs in there and uh, shipped it out. It came yesterday. He arrives, arrives at his house yesterday. The box is torn open and there's eight jigs in the box. I sent him 25 and it shows up with eight jigs. And there's a little note in there from the post office that says, we care. Sorry this happened. We really care. I'm like, dude, if you think they care, go back to the post office and see if they'll give you the money for those uh, 17, 18 jigs that somehow disappeared in the mail. I am so fed up with the post office, man. They they are screwing stuff up and damaging stuff right and left. It, it It's insanity. Hopefully you can hear me out of this microphone and this makes it better for everybody. Can you hear me? Yeah, that actually does sound better. (laughs) Got to do all these things to make these people happy. I know it, man. You're a people pleaser. Uh, I I hate it already. Um, What the hell is the post office doing? The post office is already screwed up as is. It's ridiculous. It is so freaking frustrating. 
here, this guy, you know, in fact, this was on my spin to win wheel and it took like six weeks for somebody to finally land on that thing and win. He wins. We make a big deal out of it. I break it open and I show everybody all these amazing jigs and th three fourths of them disappear on the way to the post office. It, it's just, man, it's frustrating. Yeah. W w w <laughs> the, the post office is already, like I said, the post office is already screwed up. Like, uh, I love getting like my packages uh, and then they're like ha half they're like like the elephant man package they're 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 deformed in all sorts of places and you think to yourself what what did they do or where did they throw this box to get this yeah to get this to happen like this it it it's, it's just baffling I'll tell you what happened to me the other day I go out to the post uh, or go out to the mailbox to get my mail. I open it up and there's like five letters in there for one address and five letters, six, seven letters in there for another address, neither of which are mine. And, and both of these addresses are not even my street. <laughs> I mean, they don't even have the, no, they do not even have the street name, right? Let alone the, the mailbox number. And so I take it up to, and I don't have any mail in the box. They didn't get any mail from me, but they send me the mail to two other customers. So I go up to the post office and say, what the F here? Look. Yeah. You know? And I show him both. And he's like, well, do these people live next to you or around you? I said, they don't live anywhere near me. And he's like, this is strange. I said, it's not that strange. You guys screw up all the time. Yeah. He gets on the phone and calls the uh, mail carrier and she answers. And I hear her talking to him. And she's like, well, I think I put the right stuff in there. Uh, and he's like, but this is not even the right street. And uh, like three days later, another person way down on a completely different street in a different neighborhood brought me my mail. She dropped oh. me off over there. It, it's it's amazing. Of course, this is a fishing show. We got we're we're talking about the post office now. But here's the deal: if you want to order fishing tackle, you're probably screwed because uh, so much crap is getting lost in the in the mail right now. And not only that, there's so much stuff. Somebody told me that like tackle warehouse has like a six week back order right now on orders. They do. They're it, it, they're unbelievable. Well, they're back ordered because they, I, from what I understand, is that they. They're not getting the stuff in, and that's making things just go longer and longer. I, I have to tell a quick story about uh, UPS. Or, yeah, let's hear service. So when I first moved into this house, I forwarded all my stuff here. So I made a – I called DOA and said, hey, you know, I need some worms. I need some of the Cinco's, and I need some of the 8-inch worms. You, you got to – someone's got to send me some. Do what you got to do. I just, I need them, right? I need them like tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So Chris, Chris says, I sent a box to you. You'll see them. I overnighted them to you. You'll see them tomorrow. So of course I get this thing on my email saying, oh, the delivery was made. Now there's only at this time, uh, there's probably only 15 houses in the neighborhood. And I'm like, I didn't get this package from you, from the, the postal service. The, someone, someone's got it. The woman at the end of the street gets my package, opens it up, sees <laughs> that they're worms, thinks that they're live worms, 
<laughs> runs him out and throws him out the backyard. Oh my gosh. That is crazy. I, 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 the truth be told, I went over and picked up his, all of them. I'm like, I need these. I mean, there was probably a hundred, 150 of them when it was all said and done. But, and I thought, I thought, what? And I said to her, did you not look to see who it was from, who it was to? And she's like, well, I thought it was for me. And then I said, but when you realized it was plastic worms, what, what would, and she goes, no, they looked like real worms. I'm like, they don't look that real. And, and she's like, well, I thought they were real worms. So my only instinct was to throw them out the back porch into the yard. They'll live is what she told me. And I'm like, why did you even open my package? It didn't have your name on it. Exactly. I'm like, we we could go on. We could do a whole two hours on that too. It's funny how it's, it's funny how the amount of things that I've sent out that have either come back to me from, for wrong address or, um, you know, just, you know, it just didn't make it. I get things back all the time that I send to people all the time. Um, and I'm, I'm always like, now I got to spend another $10 to send this to the person. It, 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 it's irritating. How, just out of curiosity, how much did, did you put any insurance on that? That 20? No, you didn't. No. That stinks. Yeah. That was stupid on my, my part. Yeah. But it, it, you know, you shouldn't have to worry about whether or not a package will arrive and whether it will be torn open when it gets there. Yeah. Yeah. I am. I, I mean, I, I've been, uh, to, to be honest, I've opened up something that wasn't mine. It was just a, a piece of mail and, you know, it was in a group of bunch and I, you know, yeah, just, yeah. and I'm like, Oh, sure. this isn't for me. Then I put it back in and walk it over to, across the street to the neighbor's house. And I tell him I, I didn't read it, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it, it sure. seems to happen. It happens a little too often. Now that I'm thinking about it, it seems like it happens once every couple of few weeks. So, yep. Yep. Okay. So anyway, Tackle Warehouse is taking a really long time right now, but one of the guys mentioned, and I think some other tackle stores are doing a better job. I, I had a Omnia fishing order the other day, and it shipped out immediately. So there are some that aren't backed up. I mean, Tackle Warehouse is the largest in the world, basically, anymore. So the amount of orders that they get, it kind of makes sense. And and really, Tackle Warehouse does do a really good job. Their customer they do. services. They do. I would say their customer service isn't that good. Getting back to people and emails and stuff like that uh, isn't that I wouldn't say they were the best on that, but they just have so, I mean, in this COVID life or, you know, during COVID fishing was through the roof. I mean, it's ridiculous to hear some of the uh, industry people talk about how much money they met, they made during the, you know, that really, pandemic ish time nobody can say they didn't make a lot of money i mean it's stores are finally just getting product back onto the the shelves and stock so yeah, yeah. uh tackle warehouse is is that's part of their their issue i think tackle Her- warehouse does a great job i just think I the customer too. service sucks i've been i've been using them for years and years and usually this this whole covid thing's just kind of it's hit everybody hard but yeah. uh, they're still fantastic. It, it, it's 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 tough to get. I mean, I got things that. Uh, I mean, the, these I, I'll take it out of the thing so I don't. You can't see the packaging. These these are the new the new jigs from Engage, right here, and, really? and they're they're pretty 
it's almost impossible to get them snagged. That's the God's honest truth. Um, but the, this this took two years to get to, to come in from China. Wow. And I and, and that is a really good color. This is the one I've been fishing. Uh, this is the one I've been fishing a lot lately. Uh, so you can see this is like a. Ah. They call this. I don't. Oh, it doesn't even have a color on it because I have. Uh, that looks early, like a peanut butter without the jelly. Yeah, early. I have early access to this, but it's a great. It's a. I mean, it is. It is virtually. I know people do this, and you can see it a little bit better. It's virtually impossible to get it snagged uh, right now. I've been, I've been, I've, I've used this one for a couple weeks, and I've just bounced it off everything to see what it. Uh, and it, it, I cannot snag it. I can, now it, it gets stuck for. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on. Hey, dude. John, hey John, called What are you doing? <laughs> are you home or are you on the road? I lost him. Dang! Maybe he'll call back here in a second. I bet he will. Yeah. Uh, um, but it, they're virtually almost impossible to get snagged. So, um, you know. It's 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 something that everyone will see here in a little bit for sure. Yeah, what uh, else are you doing for iCast? I know you've been doing all kinds of stuff, getting ready for iCast. Oh yeah, I, I the What's amount of plate? of stuff I, I I'm going to show. Uh, oh wait a minute, here's John again. All right, put him on speakerphone. <laughs> oh yeah, can hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. What are you? I, I'm doing a live podcast. So you're kind of live on me. <laughs> So don't. This is you and I talking. Uh, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna put you. I can't do that to you. Hold on. How are you on the road? Oh, right, you're quiet. Quiet, guys. We're just gonna. Yeah, yeah. I'll call you later. I don't. I don't want to get you in trouble. But I want to know. Uh, did you hear why? What was the reasoning behind the DQ? Can you tell me that real fast? last week yeah and it was inside the 28 day off limits but didn't you get permission to do that from them well no not really i mean i what i did i tried to talk everybody into like hey i'll just fish like from the mencina ramp to the dam which was like a three mile stretch yeah and i was like i'll just hang out here for mlf and then we're going out of uh waddington which is like yeah interesting Crazy. Well, he's hung himself up now. He'll call back here in a minute. Dudes, can you guys believe that, though? Um, let me take this deal off so you can actually see me. Oh, here he goes. Well, he's still on the phone. I'll click him on here in a second when he hangs up. Uh, I want to hear that conversation, don't you guys? Um uh, so it sounds like he was going to take uh, a very limited uh, location, fish there for MLF, and then for the BASS tournament, not fish in that area. And then he wouldn't really be crossing any water. So that's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. 
Crazy stuff, man. Crazy. <clears throat> so I can see him talking to John still here. And when he hangs up, I'll connect him back. And that way we don't invade John Cox's privacy. Hey, one thing I was going to tell you guys, um, on my weekend show, which is going to be Sunday night, 8 p.m., I'm going to be giving away a Champions Club box. They sent me one of these, so it's brand new to give away. So how about that? I'm going to give one of those away, and I think uh, Steve may have gotten a couple of them from them as well. He's going to be giving away as well. But on my Spin to Win show Sunday night, I will give that away as one of the prizes. So that should be fun. So, yeah, Hank, uh, I'm sure there's going to be uh, talk about it. Bass fans always got some great reads, good stuff to check out. So if you want to know more about the DQ incident, that's a way to do it. And who knows, we might get uh, – he's getting all the intel from John here, and then we might at some point – all right, here he goes. He's coming back on. Yeah, that that's ridiculous, dude. That's ridiculous. All right, I got you connected again. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a call here in a little bit, man. I know you're driving, but I'll call you after it. Okay, later, dude. Bye. Did you lose me? Yeah, you got totally disconnected for some reason. So when you came back, I just kept you off the air. So oh, Yeah, sitting there talking to... Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to turn my Wi-Fi off and try to make things hopefully a little bit better. Uh, yeah, it sounds like... Um, <laughs> Well, I wish I could tell exactly what I what he said, um, but it sounds like he, he he didn't have permission, but he thought that he wasn't fishing the exact waters. Mm -hmm. He was three miles away, and and he was trying to fish an area that he wouldn't he didn't go down in, wouldn't know anything about where the the, the bass was, and I think he tried to get ask a bunch of a bunch of anglers for help, and I think they turned on him, uh -huh. and. Uh, and that's kind of crappy, to be honest. It is kind of um, crappy. But it, and it is a rule. He understands that. He isn't like he's saying anything else. But in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, the the one of the people you do not, you need, you should have at your fishing tournament is John Cox. Yeah, I agree. Uh, when you have not a lot of people, not a lot of name people in the elites, John is one of those guys that's just down to earth and good and is, is a, is a positive for you to be, to be there. And, and what he was trying to do this year was unbelievable as is, but that's just me. And that's part of this. It has to do with, um, is I'm, a, I'm very close friends with John. Um, so yeah. if he asked me for something, I, I, I would jump and do it, but Obviously, you want to know what? There's too many people that probably think he's a, you know, he's he's a stick and he's taking away from, you know, taking away from money I can make. I can mm -hmm. understand that. But you got to be pretty pathetic to vote, in my opinion, to say that he was doing something wrong. So I know I, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I don't understand why. I mean, OK, I do understand it's their livelihood. And anytime they can get a competitive advantage like a flogger, they're going to yeah. take it. So if they can get somebody DQ'd, they're going to do it. Um, but it's a shame. 
yeah, that, that I didn't know that I'm, I'm glad I didn't know it. I feel bad for, for John. Um, but I mean, I think he'll just, uh, you want to know what stinks about that? You want to know he doesn't get points then, then that affects his angler of the year that affects his, uh, chances of getting back to the classic. Everything. Um, and it, ha- it has a lot of lot of stuff, and and John wasn't going to fish the. I said it earlier. John wasn't going to fish the elites. He he kind of got, you know, people people were like, oh, you know, he fished, he qualified, he fished last year. It didn't kind of fit his schedule, and he was like, I'm going to fish major league fishing in the pro circuit because I can do well and I like the like the format. Uh, and then then this, and he and quite honestly, I'm going to say something that I probably know that john would not be happy about but he had people on in in the bass organization when he's when he said he was gonna go to major league fishing that really got really crappy with him like Mm -hmm. said some really nasty things to him on the phone Mm -hmm. and these are you know these are the because they thought oh you need to stick with bass instead of going to major league fishing and john wasn't looking at it he doesn't look at major league fishing bass at all he's looking at how many fishing tournaments can i fish that yeah. I can make the most money at. He's always been that way too. I mean, yes. you know, he he's always fished multiple circuits uh and and just as many different tournaments as he can. So, that is kind of a shame. Yeah. What about that what about the old drought out there? Have you been following that? Like this guy uh, Matthew's asking about Lake Mead. It's insane, man. What's going on out there right now? The wa- I mean, they're just running out of water out west. We were everywhere. we were running out of water here. Uh, four weeks ago, my frog pond was in, it was sketchy. Um, we, at, at one point in time, we actually thought about catching fish and putting them up in the pond above that was spring fed and then trying to recatch them and bring them back down once the rain happened, because the, it was, it was getting, you know, it was down probably 10 or 12 feet yeah. and yeah. we don't have a lot of water as is. And it, it was getting it was getting something, but I didn't know Mead was that low, but, uh, that it's, it's that it's really scary when it gets like that. Yeah. Um, because the Colorado river hundred feet low. Yeah. It's over a hundred feet low, uh, right now. And it, it's, it, it's, it's been, it's never been this low really. And, uh, that Colorado river that runs through Lake, Lake Mead, uh, basically is the water source for, two thirds of all of the agriculture in California and the lower Southwestern states without that water, you're going to see major food shortages. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's a crisis level. Is it dammed up or is it yeah, just, Hoover Dam. Is, so, so they can't release water to, to make it come up at all. Well, uh, Lake Mead is on the dam side. Okay. You know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they can't they can't add any more water, and the only source that Colorado has for water is just snowmelt, and there hasn't been a lot of snow up 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 river. You know. So yeah, really yeah, a well, problem. Hopefully, I, I, I they probably don't get much rain during the the summer as is either. It's really dry out there, if I remember right. Yeah, it, it, it really is. This this is a booster. I want to go watch that, uh, the circus of people launching a low water ramp. Yeah, I love watching that. I do too. It's hilarious. Yeah. Funny stuff. Funny stuff. All right. We haven't even gotten to the topic of the show. I was going to show you this. Did, you, you saw this. I'll show you it without the 
the thing. There's a special new one that no one has seen. I have two of them. There's one that, and then there's one like this. That is a vibrating jig. Yes. This one is a miniature one. You can't really see it that much. Oopsie, sorry. Uh, You can see that smaller blade. Good. uh, You know, it's got two uh, trailer things, and the other one's a lot bigger. <laughs> uh, uh, that's actually what it's called to be honest isn't it let me see yeah it's, that's what it's called big blade the big i've gotten blade. some new i've gotten some new things in pre-icast and uh yeah it's man i don't mind saying it i i can't do any underwater stuff or but yeah that's the the new uh the new ones from z-man and, the, and they look good wow awesome so you can't show them in the water, but can you fish with them? Have you tried fishing with them yet? Yeah, uh, the big one I fished with uh, over the weekend. The big one is, I mean, I'll let me get that other one. Yeah, how does so, it compare in size to like your Yeah, that's camera? what it is. I'll, uh, I, of course, I hooked something. How is it possible that I can? So here is, let me do it correctly so I don't get in trouble. Can't see exactly. Look at the size of one to the other. Yeah, that is a giant blade. Giant. Huh. Uh, very good, interesting. Very good. The The hooks are, I don't know if you can see that. The hooks are stout yep. on the big one. Definitely looks like a beefy hook. Yeah, it's a really beefy hook. I think the only thing I have a negative, I, it has two trailer keepers. Uh, it's not the jackhammer trailer keeper. Those are the ones I really think are the, the best. But I can tell you the vibration that puts out is unlike anything I've ever felt in my life on a lure. I actually thought that I needed a heavier lure because it was like, boom, 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 boom. And I was like, oh, this is going to make me crazy fishing this. Uh, the big one is five-eighths ounce. It's going to come in three sizes, half ounce, five-eighths, and three-quarters. Okay. Hand tied skirt. Um, and it just delivers unbelievable amount of thumping. It's a six ot mustat, by the way. Six ot hook. Wow. Smaller one delivers uh a little bit less, uh, but is probably a little bit better for your places that have just a ton. John's calling me back, by the way. Um, I just hit decline. Um, you know. Uh, you have a little more, a lot less pressure. So, uh, you know, we can look forward to, you can look forward to a couple of those, by the way. I asked, got some for you, but that will be after, you'll see more stuff about it after I cast. That's the best way to put it. Okay, cool. All right. Um, Man, this whole uh, John Cox has got me all off subject here. I'm I'm wanting to know. I'm like, man, let's talk to him. Screw, I mean, screw I talking about Alaska. If he wasn't driving, I'd tell him to to, to call in. Oh, that's I don't want to get him in trouble though either. Yeah, yeah. I don't either. I definitely don't want to get him in trouble. Yeah. All right. So let's let's switch topics then here. Yes, I want to hear about your. Now is the time people should start putting up. Well, first off, everyone should be liking. By the way, the the video. 
Yeah, if you haven't you done not, that. How can you not like this video, man? Yeah. This is really fun. Look at all the stuff we've done today. It's amazing. Uh, but you should be liking the stuff and following all of us, everybody. Follow John Cox, too, by all Heck means. Yeah. Um, but I want to... We, we talked about this, your bucket list fishing locations. Now, it's not only fishing locations. It's why you want to go there and who you would bring, who you want to take fishing. Now, I, I, I know the sentimental thing is, is I'd love to have my dad back if he if he's passed. My dad has not passed. He's alive. But, you know, take your dad or whatever. Yeah. Make it somebody that's alive, please. Uh, but I'd <laughs> love to hear, you know, wh where people would go because you did a poll. And, yeah, and the, poll, the poll kind of surprised me. Yeah. In fact, I'll go over it again real quick. Um, I asked the question, uh, where would you like to go as your dream trip? And I just gave five suggestions. The most popular suggestion is fishing the boundary waters for pike, muskie, and smallmouth. 34% said they want to do that. And the least popular is fishing uh, Louisiana Delta for redfish. So that's kind of interesting. And then in between was South America. And second most popular was South America for peacock bass and then Alaska fishing the salmon run and then offshore fishing for marlin. I think I sent you a private chat. All right. But it wasn't, I was trying to do something else. I was trying to reply to a, a thing. All right. Now, who, who was the, which one won? The uh, fish in the boundary waters for musky and pike and smallmouth. See, this is <laughs> this confuses me. Doesn't anybody want to go to like your trip to Alaska? Is like when you told me you were Alaskan, I was generally jealous <laughs> in a good way. I was yeah. very happy for yeah. you and excited for you, but I think that is like one of the the most amazing things to go to from a you know all around fishing person that loves you know spin fishing fly fishing all that stuff yeah I, well, I, and and that would be that would be where i would that that's where i voted that's the truth uh but to hear people would rather go like pike and muskie fishing i can understand that but gosh alaska's alaska man it is look at my wife it might be fun to say who you wouldn't take wouldn't want to take <laughs> uh, uh, I'd, I'd take her fishing. Uh, I think we could actually have fun fishing, but, uh, she would have hated the mosquitoes in Alaska. Mm. They were off the charts insane. Uh, mosquitoes. And I've been to Canada multiple times fishing and they got bad mosquitoes there too, but man, Alaska takes the cake. They win the, <laughs> they win the award. They win the award for, absolute uncomfortable insanity I, I mean thank goodness for mosquito nets and 100 percent deet is all i can say because they were on uh, the war path but you know it's funny when i look back on the negatives of this alaskan fishing trip the mosquitoes were the only thing that was the only thing that was negative everything was awesome about that trip it really was just fantastic i mean how was the just out of curiosity how was the as a fat person how was the food the food was off the charts amazing too now get this jan i was thinking about you during the food because guess what we get there 
And this is a remote. This is a remote fishing lodge. They only, they only house eight anglers. So it's only eight guys and gals. And they had a gourmet chef there, who no joke had a had a five star restaurant in Puerto Rico that got destroyed during the hurricane. And since his since his gourmet restaurant, he's had. Uh, and I, when I say gourmet, he's had like Gordon Ramsay. He's had all these Food Network people at his restaurant. Uh, he's had uh, lots of celebrities at his restaurant. Very, very famous restaurant in uh, Puerto Rico that got completely wiped out by the hurricane. So he has no business anymore. To, to, and he's still working with FEMA trying to trying to get it settled. So his bucket list was, I want to go to Alaska to fish. So he found a cooking job mm -hmm. at a lodge in Alaska so that he could go fish. And uh, the food was incredible. It was off the charts crazy. In fact, uh, I might can even show you a photo or two <laughs> of some of the dishes. And we're uh, like, we have like guides that that work here in the lagoon and then during the summer they go to either louisiana or they go to alaska just to guide because the they can make more money over you know a two-month process even though they do all sorts of extra stuff yeah. they make more money because you have clients every morning every afternoon you get tips and that kind of stuff my buddy tom van horn's out there right now at uh can i something and uh, it's it's he, he's done it the last few years and 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 done very well too. His wife is actually there too as their bookkeeper, which is crazy. All right, I'm going to share my screen for a second and show you um, some of this food. This is like what did what was your favorite meal? Did they did you? Oh yeah, shrimp. <laughs> and this wasn't just this wasn't just the way this guy seasoned the shrimp and it, it, it just crazy it's just amazing what what the, the food all right here's another now you can see all my photos here but uh let me find this oh they have like a, their own vegetable garden and everything yeah look at their garden uh they got a they got a garden there at the at the lodge oh that's awesome yeah, pretty freaking amazing. Uh, check out this moose meatloaf the guy made. This is it right here. Mashed potatoes with candied bacon and uh, then this moose meatloaf. And check out the dessert. I think it's the next photo over. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I couldn't make that in my – I couldn't make that – you're at your house and you're in the bush when you're getting hey, th this is in the bush, man. We're talking, they don't even have electricity out there. They have a generator that they run for like five hours a day. And then he's able to cook during that window. Uh, crazy. What was the weather like? Uh, it was mostly like this. Here's a picture of the guy cleaning fish. So you had to have a jacket on it. Most times it was cold. I mean, it cold is in fifties. Uh, high 40s, low 50s in the morning, and then in the evenings or in the afternoons, you might get up to 60. Like that day there, it probably got up to 60. Uh, but the wind was still cold, so on the boat, even at 60, it was it was pretty chilly. So if he if you guys caught fish, like what is that salmon there? That's that's she fish. She fish. 
she fish. Yeah. Which I had never heard of she fish until we went, but they've got some very nice big she fish. Uh, let's see if I can find a picture of one here. I uh, have another question. Um, I, 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 did you video everything so you can make videos? I, yeah, I did. I videoed a lot of okay. stuff. Here's another garden shot. That was kind of cool. And they're like this yeah, homemade cool. birdhouse out there, which is pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, this one I took a picture of for my guys. Look at that. He's got wiggle warts. Got, <laughs> they actually do fish with wiggle warts out there for the, for the salmon and stuff. So that was kind of fun because the guys know how much. All right, here's a she fish. That's a she fish. Okay. Now, was it good to eat? It was excellent eating. In fact, that's the only fish we ate there. Really? <clears throat> because you couldn't eat the salmon. The salmon runs have been so low the last couple of years that the uh, DM, or the uh, MVR, the, the um, conservation people, won't let you. You can't catch uh, salmon right now. If you do accidentally catch one, it has to stay in the water. Isn't that a shame? You can't even take it out of the water for a picture. So I got a couple of salmon photos here, and I'll show you how we did it. Uh, check out this moose. Yeah. We were what an ass. Up. Yeah. You're not kidding. <laughs> You're not kidding. Pretty crazy. But uh, I want to see if I, uh, this is how oh, you had to, how you did it. This is how you had to take a picture of the salmon because it had to stay in the net in the water. That's yeah. a that's a twenty five plus pound salmon right there, king. What is that? A coho? No, it's a king. A king. King salmon. It's really red. Yeah, very red. They are gorgeous fish, man, and they fight. They fight yes. like you would not believe. I, I could not believe the fight on this salmon. There's your pike. That's one of the pike I caught. My that's yeah. my guide there named Jimmy, and. uh one good thing about the guides is you big toothy critters, they'll take them off for you. And then uh, here's me, you know, get, getting her, getting her charged up again to, to swim away. Yeah. And uh, beautiful fish, though, man. Yeah, that's a that's, big. That salmon is so fun to catch. That's uh, a huge it, fish. It was the highlight of the trip, man. There's no, no doubt about it. The highlight I've, of the trip. I've caught a, quite a few steelheads. And and it, the fight is just so amazing compared to what we're used to with bass fishing. Yeah, uh, it, it is. It's, it don't even compare. And that's what we were catching the uh, salmon on. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. Well, let's look at what, what yeah. are other people saying about their bucket list. Now that I want yeah, to see, I want to know where, where and, people want to go. Heck yeah, let's do that. Um, where who who are you off. taking with you? Who, who where are you going? And who are you taking with you? That's that's the question now. All right, the little B. Bucket list Cubs game. Dolphins game in Miami. Swim the Great Barrier Reef. So buck and so fishing is not on there. At least he's honest, man. He might get eaten alive on this channel, but it's good. Yeah, I mean, I do. I'm, I'm questioning his sexuality right now, but that's all right. I'm joking, <laughs> of course. I, honestly, I'd like to go to a Cubs game. I've been to the seen the Dolphins down south. Um, I love baseball. I like football yeah. too, quite a bit. Um, yeah. All right, let's see what uh, who else. Uh, Illumination said Jeremy Wade. I've interviewed Jeremy. 
Amazon peacock bass. You can get peacock bass down south in South Florida. Some nice you ones can. too. You absolutely can. In fact, I got a buddy that's a guide down there. If you want, ever want to go on a guide trip down for for peacock in Florida, I got a great contact for that. Yeah, I have I have a guy. I have a buddy that's a guide too. That's been a friend for like twenty years. He guides down there too. Uh, but the right. problem with him is he won't take me fishing because he knows I have to film everything and he doesn't want anyone knowing his spots. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Jeff wants to go tarpon fishing in South Florida. Mm-hmm. Redfish uh, in Louisiana would be cool too. Yeah. I think, I think any kind of fishing I want to go do really, I don't, I don't care. You want to know what in, for Jeff, you want to, there, we have a worm hatch that's not here in central Florida. It's down in the keys. If you could ever target the worm hatch, you would be a really, really happy person because you, you'd, I, I targeted the worm hatch probably, um, probably, oh my gosh, it's probably been 20 years. And, uh, when I was doing stuff for Florida sportsman magazine and went down there and got, I ended up getting nine tarpon catching nine tarpon for 15 smallest one was 92 pounds on fly. Whoa. Yeah. It was a great day. That is crazy. All on, you know, red worms that were like this big that were flies. Jeez. The worm hatch happens and they just, you know, they start swimming out and the tarpon just suck just, them up and they just by the millions. That. Yeah. That's one of those things too. You know, if you're ever, if you're ever fly, you know, fishing around a mayfly hatch or any kind of a hatch in quotation marks, you've got to duplicate that because the mm-hmm. fish get so keyed in on that hatch. They won't hit anything else. Jan asked what my PB tarpon is. And that is one sixty five. Holy cow. On a nine weight fly rod. Oh my goodness! I yeah. bet that was a fight of your life. Yeah, that was a uh, uh, that was a that was the same day. I went. I actually had four days of tarpon fishing scheduled. Uh, I ended up doing two days and then feeling like I was going to die because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I ended up of all things I was on this guide's boat and he had this little uh, I don't even know it was this little clip on the floor and I happened to kick it with my feet my with my toe and I had the worst couldn't stop bloody foot you've ever seen. And my instinct was to just stick it in the water, like a moron <laughs> again, another stupid thing. And, uh, we end up seeing like an 18, 16, 18 foot hammerhead swim underneath us. Holy cow. We were yeah, in an 18 foot boat. Oh my goodness. And, th- and that, that fish was actually targeting the same tarpon I was catching. It was pretty cool. So, so interesting here, uh, going to the Azores for record swordfish. Uh, Kyle says uh, he's done all but the Amazon. So, man, he's 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 really done some fishing. Oh, just I got to ask Amazon, I, and Kyle, a question. Where Where's your favorite place you've been fishing then? If he, he can put that up, I'd like to read where his favorite yeah. place has been fishing. Listen, we've all been to Amazon. I buy from them every day. uh matthew uh, lake biwa in japan oh yeah boy that would be fun uh i mean and uh booster he says he's done with the canada not that cool but he'd like to go to lake fork i'd like to go to lake fork i would too that would be a fun trip yeah 
What's that lake down there in Mexico on the Mexico South border? Uh, I want to try that one. I hear that's pretty awesome. Duke has been there three times. He swears it's the best place he's ever been. Dang, I'd like to go there. Um, And then Jan, look at Jan's choice. Hawaii, Key West, San Diego, Guatemala, Panama, Mexico, Australia, Bermuda, Costa Rica, and Canada. Dude, he's got the whole globe covered. Yeah. Well, you, I, now I got a question for Jan. Jan, what are you going fishing for in Hawaii? GTs, marlin, swordfish, what are you going for there? I want to know. Yeah, that would be interesting. Kyle said South Africa was his favorite. Really? Now, now, now I got another question for South in South Africa. What were you were you targeting peacocks or were you what was the yeah. fish? Yeah, what were you chasing? He said he says I'm not, I can't even pronounce that. Bacarac El Salto. Yeah. And Jan says Marlin. Oh, blue Marlin. Yeah, that I, I think everyone I, I think there's that 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 thing. Well, you know, I want to catch I've caught Marlin and I've caught sailfish and all that stuff. Yeah. It's uh it's fun to catch, but my god, at the age I'm at now, I don't want to catch a I don't want to catch a marlin. You you start cramping up in places that your body has never cramped up in your life. Yeah, yeah. When you start targeting those giant fish. Um but I know it's ever I know it's like one of those bucket things. I take there I have a buddy named Dave that does a, a fishing show and and he used to be the his name's Dave Farrell. He used to be the uh, the editor of Marlin Magazine. He does all these great Marlin things, and he takes people with him to go fishing over in Australia and stuff. And uh, but man, you should hearing him tell his stories about you know how how beat up guys get catching those grander Marlin. It just that doesn't that doesn't I, that doesn't register for me anymore. Yeah, I, you know, um, I don't. Goliath grouper. I've caught a 350 pound Goliath grouper. Almost sank my boat. Really? Yeah. Jeez. That um, sounds interesting. That wasn't interesting. That was a horrible day. <laughs> scared the living bejesus out of me. I've been, I've been scared twice in my boat and thought, okay, uh, you know, I, I need to, I need to, in one case, I needed, I, I started praying and, and just was like, I had my nephew with me, and I just said, "Hey, Jake, we have a very big problem." We Speaking very- of praying, how many people saw Seth Fighter's fishing prayer that he does before every tournament? I didn't see this. Yeah, he got. Uh, it's one of these segments for Bass, and I think they were asking they were asking tournament fishermen like, "What's your? Do you have any superstitions oh, that yeah. you do before a tournament?" And he said, well, I pray before every tournament. He said, I have a special prayer that I pray. And then uh, he said, well, what is it? And and he said, well, do you want to hear what it is? And they said, yes. And then he takes his hat off and he actually prays. He he prays the prayer word for word the way he does every every night before his tournament. And I was was really impressed just by the fact that, one, he – he had the guts to take his hat off and actually say a prayer on live TV in front of everybody. Uh, and, uh, he, you know, he did, you could tell he was serious about it. It was a real deal for him. And I was just wondering if anybody else saw that, what they thought, what'd you guys think of that? If any of you that saw Seth fighters fishing prayer, 
Yeah, I, I didn't see it, but I, 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 my hats off to them for doing that. I, I, I respect that. I know they, I know Major League Fishing on the Sunday. If they're fishing on Sunday, they have like a whole um, Major League Fishing. The guys yeah, come they, out there, uh, and, Fish Church or something. Yeah, church, something. Edwin like that. does it, and a whole bunch of Ott does it. A bunch of guys do it. I, I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other thing that I always liked, even on the tournaments that I fish. Right before takeoff, they sing the national anthem, mm-hmm. and uh, they have American flag out there. You hand on your heart, you know, and then somebody says a prayer, and I think that's pretty cool. Uh, you, you you know you don't see it much anymore. Yeah, I mean in today's today's world, there's somebody already uh, wherever you're at. I don't <laughs> I don't you know to each his own, but I don't think anyone sure. should ever kneel for the for the national anthem that's just me personally yep. everyone else can have their own opinion i i don't mind it uh but for me I, I would never do that um and i think that you know yeah i'm a veteran and i i grew up you know i'm old enough that when i was a kid we still said the pledge of allegiance in school every yeah. morning yeah and uh thomas does every day yeah i'm, I'm glad they're still doing it in some schools they're not doing it around here not yeah. to my knowledge well Things are people are so politically correct and doing things so crazy these days. It it's it's almost it, it's just really weird. Like even you can't talk to people. So so you know I've done the radio show for forever. You know, uh, and and one of the, two of the things that we would get scolded about by the PR would be religion and um politics you don't talk about those two things right right and it used to make me the politics i completely understood but the religion thing bothered me because i would have i would talk to um you know people that were uh, very religious and 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 i'd want to know you know how does religion play a factor in into your fishing strategies and stuff like that and they would they would be pissed off at me because of it and um, you know, there's no reason for it. Everyone, we, we should give it up for, in my opinion, but the, anyway. I agree with you. I yeah. totally agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we're just out of curiosity. Now that you've done Alaska, where is your bucket list? Uh, that's a good question because, um, I, I, I keep telling myself that I'd love to go down to the Amazon and try out the old peacock bass down there throw some top water and catch like a ginormous um, peacock bass down there. But I, I'm other than that, I don't, don't really know. It's a good question because, you know, I still go to Canada every year or in this case, Alaska, and I'm still going to do it again next year because it's so much fun. It's, and Heck, I love bass fishing. I love going to just new bass lakes. You know, I still remember the first time I went to Gunnersville. What a mm-hmm. exci- what how what excitement that was! It was just so fun and new and exciting. And I've been back several times and just love fishing there. Um, and the first time I went to Champlain, and the first time I went to the St. Lawrence River, and uh, you know, first time I went to the California Delta, and every one's been awesome. I've never, I mean. I'm, I'm trying to find a think of a lake I went to and I just thought that sucked. I, I can't think, I can't think of one, you know, I have, I, have, I have one right off the top of my head. Which one? I, I fished Pickwick last year. Oh, I, I love Pickwick. I, I was, uh, I had a <laughs> horrible, 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 
Pickwick, it, Pickwick is the lake. I remember the other day I was telling you, uh, uh, I think it was on the show about the, uh, I was a co-angler and the dude sat on one spot, one oh, yeah. lake spot for seven and a half hours. Wouldn't move. I, I actually fished with uh, a major league fishing angler the day, but it got, it went from like 45, 50, 40 degrees to 27 degrees while we were on the water and it started raining. And luckily he had a extra rain suit for me. And luckily he had a rain suit for Thomas because we were on the water and we weren't getting off the water till we caught fish. I can tell you that. And John was like, Steve, I've got the spot. All we got to do. And I'm not joking. Here's really what made it bad. We showed up and sat at the end of the boat dock. There's nobody at the boat ramp. I mean, physically, no one is on the on out there. And uh, my wife didn't see us because the water was down and we were way below. And she was in the car up above us. And she didn't see us parked uh, kind of on the thing. She called the police thinking that something had happened to us. <laughs> and they showed up in full force. As we sat on the bottom going, I wonder what they're doing up there. <laughs> and oh, wow. it made for a very, very oh. weird conversation with the police. I'll uh, bet. And, uh, and, and, and that's happened twice. Mm. Wow. So, yeah. The first time was my fault. This time wasn't, but we had a, uh, you know, it was just, it was just, a, it was a tough day fishing. I think the next kind of fishing I really, really want to try is fishing for redfish. So if you were to do that, I would say you need to go to Louisiana. I know people say, uh, you know, redfish in the mosquito yeah. lagoon is where to go. Yeah. I would say, don't do it. I, and as much as that kills me to say that, um, I think. I, I just think that it, it's a lot. It's so tough. It's like it's like going down to the Keys to go bone fishing. The bone fishing, if you get one, it's unbelievable, and they're big. They're you know you can get seven eight pound bone fish, ten pound bone fish, and that that will just destroy your. You better have the best reel known to man. It will destroy your drag on the first one. Really? Uh huh. They just that sounds scream. exciting. Um, but Louisiana, they. It's it's crazy to say this. They think the redfish is a junk fish, and they go after trout more than they go after sea uh -huh. trout. After more. and and you can get to spots where you can, as soon as the bait hits the water, you'll catch one, one after another after another. I've seen 60, 70 uh, casts in a row to catch a redfish in Venice. Uh, personally, did it, and um, the red fishing is just. It's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. Well, I definitely want to try that. Gary says I should try Lake Charles, Louisiana. You know, I was in Lake Charles during uh, Hurricane Katrina. Man, it got hit hard, yeah. hard, hard. Uh, so I know exactly where Lake Charles is, Gary. It's a good place, a good place. It's really weird when you get into Louisiana, you start going down to Venice. There's nobody lives down there. It's just people who work on oil uh, oil thing platforms uh -huh. and fish and anglers. That's all it is. There's a great, uh, I don't know the name. I don't even know if it's around anymore. There was a red fishing uh, lodge down there in Venice. And my buddy owns it, used to own it, or used to go to it. And, uh, and the fishing out of this place is just, it's ridiculous. I mean, the amount of redfish you catch out of Venice is, it's stupid. It's stupid, stupid. Sounds like my kind of place.
I like stupid, stupid. Yeah, and 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 they've never some of these things have some of these fish have never seen a lure in their life. So any horrible angler catches them nonstop. Crazy. And I'm not saying you're a horrible angler. I'm just saying I've hey. seen some jackasses go down there and catch like 200 in a day. That sounds like my kind of deal. 200 in a day, right on. So redfish is where you'd like to like to do. That's the next. I think that's the next thing I want to do that I've never done. Okay. Yeah. It isn't like you wouldn't go after tarpon or snook or anything like that. Uh, well, heck, I wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, what do I? What have I kind of got my eyes on? I've been thinking about redfish for several years now. I want to go try it. Yeah, it's it, the the big bruiser redfish. Uh, it's it's those are those are giant. You know, I I think I've caught a fifty four fifty five inch redfish. It, it it is a challenge. They really strip it. Uh, that isn't on fly though. But it's it's mm-hmm. they really they're <clears throat> big giant fish. Cool. That is really sweet catch well go out to the drilling platforms and catch red snapper yeah or yellowfin tuna um you when you go out to the drilling platforms you catch everything everything it that's really a lot of fun it, it's a little bit of a as long as you don't get seasick it's probably 45 50 miles in for some of the good drilling platforms but man you get out there and uh the yellowfin tuna is just it's it's on fire Speaking of seasick, we flew in a little plane, a little bush plane, uh, Cessna 206, on our flight through the mountains. It was about a two-hour flight from Anchorage to our our lake, to our river, the whole Litna River. And uh, on the way out, we had three people throwing up on the plane. It was <laughs> it was that, it was that bad. It was very bumpy, very very crazy, crazy bumpy through mountain passes with almost zero visibility. You knew the mountain was there. You could actually see it at times, but most of the time you're flying in clouds around mountains. And that was a little nerve wracking to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That that isn't something I, nobody's ready for that. Yeah. Nobody's ready for that. But I didn't, I, I, I don't get seasick, air sick, any of that kind of stuff. Hardly ever. Now, I don't know though. I haven't been out on the ocean like, you know, in a little boat just being rocked constantly, you know, and, and maybe, maybe I would, maybe that would, I know there's, I've heard guys that have been out there a lot that they say, look, I don't care how strong your constitution is. There's some days when the water, when the waves are just so violent, you're, they're going to make everybody sick. I go offshore fishing or, or near shore fishing. I take dramamine. Or I put the thing behind my ear. Oh yeah, yeah. It yeah. isn't that I, it isn't that I get sick, but I don't want to be that person that gets sick and makes everyone have to come back in. That's just how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, Matthew wrote a comment seven saying he wanted to catch amberjack. I've actually got a, uh, I've got amberjack on a fly on a seven weight fly rod. Maybe it was a nine weight fly rod. I'm not sure. Uh, that was that was, it was insane. It was insane. Uh, and, and that's another fish after I was, I, I did a video afterwards and I said, I'm done. I'm not put, I don't want to pick up a rod anymore. Cause you get those big amber jacks. They're not called, they're like Jack Cravels down here that we call them our jacks. doesn't matter how 
how long it is. It's just, they just are, they go sideways on you and they like a little, a, a small Jack Revell that's, I mean, that might be, I don't even know, 18 inches. Yeah. Pound for pound, there is not a stronger fighting fish because they can go sideways. They've got a, they're wide. And, and those, those fish, when you get the bigger ones, those fish are nasty. They, they do not stop moving at all. And, uh, but that's the same thing with Amberjack. They just, you know, really, it, it's, it's a lot of fun, you know. It, I think I take for granted a lot of the stuff I've been able to do and, yeah. and the places that I've been able to go fishing <laughs> because of just because Florida, uh, I, we have so much stuff here. I mean, my favorite, my, my favorite thing to fish for is snook. That's the truth. Uh, I do. I, I don't do, I go fishing for snook much. No, but I go fishing for bass because it's so, it's so more, it's so co- convenient for me because every, pl- every pond has bass in it in Florida. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that makes it so much easier for me. Sure. Um, All right. I, I got my first grayling too. And let me show you. Oh picture. yeah. Let me show you a picture of that real quick. There yeah, beautiful fish. This was my very first grayling. And this is the guy who's the owner of Alaskan adventures. The lodge that I stayed at. His name is Dan. Pretty nice guy and a pretty cool lodge, but that's my first ever grayling. That was kind of fun. Kind of fun. What did you catch that fish on? I caught it on a little spinner. Okay. Little MEPS spinner, basically. Blue. It's crazy how how uh when you start doing when you start going after those kind of fish, that that's those small flyish type, not even flyish, those spinner baits are really what they're targeting. They really are. Yeah. You go to Yellowstone and, and Yellowstone sells a, uh, if you go to L- Yellowstone Lake or Lake Yellowstone, whatever it is, and you go to one of the places to buy souvenirs, you can buy, they have a little bit of tackle at them and they have a, a lure that you put two pennies in and then you squeeze it around the two pennies and it's got a treble hook. You would, you would look at that thing and go, that is a piece of junk that'll never catch fish. <laughs> Don't trust me if you get there and you don't have the right stuff go get that you will catch you will slaughter cut cutthroat trout on that bait you i'm not joking you'll get wow. lakers you'll get everything uh but that bait for whatever reason is just i mean i couldn't i didn't catch anything for two days and i went up there and they're like just use this and i said that'll never work never that night i i put it a butt whooping on those fish that is amazing well, I tell you, um, going up even just to Canada and fishing for big pike is actually a blast too. I know yeah. some people don't feel that way, but you can get to some amazing places to fish that are completely remote, off the grid totally, and it and it's just so much fun, so amazing. Now, like any place, you know, I think Booster was the one said, I did that, I didn't like it. My guess is he just had bad timing or a, a lake that was maybe a little off. Sometimes the timing's a little off, but your odds of catching humongous fish that have no fishing pressure at all are it's just off the charts in places like Canada and Alaska. It's yeah. it's so much fun. The remote fishing is the thing that that's the thing that I get excited about the most. Uh, I can still remember the first time I took a float plane in somewhere and, you know, we land on the lake, they drop us off in the cabin. And then you watch that plane 
disappear. And you know, <laughs> we're here for the next. I hope we have toilet paper. Yeah. I hope we got toilet paper because for the <laughs> next six, seven days, no more civilization. It's an amazing thing. Note to self, wrap two pennies around a treble hook. It's not frog fur. <laughs> right on to little B, frog fur. In fact, I fished with that frog, the frog fur frog uh, the other day, but I didn't get any bites on it. So when you got home, were you disappointed when you went bass fishing just out of curiosity? No, I still had fun. I mean, okay, I, I love bass fishing. So yeah, I went bass fishing the very next day and it, it was fun because we went, we actually went to a pond, but it was very challenging and I had to really use my noggin to uh, figure out the fish. And I did figure them out and I had a great day and that made it really, really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I go fishing with buddies, saltwater fishing or whatever. And then I get, I go bass fishing. I'm like, geez, can these things just not roll over after five seconds? I know. (laughs) And and I think the the biggest thing about bass fishing to me is, uh, it doesn't last very long. Does it? Yeah. It changes so fast. Uh, what they're eating, like the pond I've been, I usually go fishing. I've actually been doing horrible at lately. I don't know why I can't figure it out, but the Cinco is not working, huh? The Cinco isn't, I'm not, I'm not getting anything on the Cinco. Wow. Uh, But I, but of course I have been, I caught a few on frogs lately, but you know, it's just, I, I don't know what it is. And we've had so much rain here lately. I mean, the rain's ridiculous, Hmm. but the water temperatures are still really high, but it's just, you know, I don't know. I don't, I gotta, I gotta go out there and figure it out. I'm so, I, I, I'm pretty sure uh top water Johnny's going there tomorrow morning, but uh, Oh, I could go tomorrow morning. Thomas doesn't have swimming tomorrow morning. So I might get, I might make the Bubba get up early and go fishing with his daddy. Sounds like a plan. Cool. All right. We're winding down here. What do we want? Anything else we want to hit on before we, before we what, wrap up? Let's see. What videos do you have coming up? Cause I watched, I watched the the short one the other day. Did you put something uh, when yeah. you got home? Yeah. Yeah. I did a, a short one on uh, Alaska, but I haven't even started editing my Alaska videos. I got the unboxing of the salt Creek tackle coming out tomorrow. Cool. I'm going to do another unboxing of some amazing stuff that one of my viewers sent me. Check this out. Holy cow. I don't Full. get stuff like that. Full of lures. Wow. So I'm going to, Chris Hill sent me those. I'm going to do an unboxing video of those. I'm probably going to do a live video of that, live unboxing of that uh, this week. And uh, I've got a fishing video of my my fishing trip. Uh, the first day I got back from Alaska, I've already got that one done. Nice. I'm going to put that out. Um, Fishing, fishing around a grass edge and how to get the bass out of a grass, thick grass mat. So that's about it. What do you got coming on? I got the only thing I put one up today. Oh, Bass Baits Monthly. And I don't have my Bass Baits Monthly yet. So look at what Florida Tackle Club, what the box looks like from Florida Tackle Club this month. Jeez. He needs bigger boxes. Yeah, mine was uh, mine was pretty packed too, but not like that. So, I haven't. I only cut it. I have not looked into it yet. Uh, I got those DOA snakes, snake oils, snake those, oils. Those are crazy. 
That's yeah, a great I, bait. I, I actually fished with it some, and uh, I got one bite on it, but I didn't stick with it very long. How awesome is the action, though? It's it's amazing. It, it definitely really looks, is. It looks legit. It, it it it's a little crazy how how uh, like if you knew the the time that Mark put into making that bait, it was. I don't even want to guess. I I think I think it might have been three years. These uh, freaking Tampa Bay guys, man, they win the World Series. They win the Super Bowl. Now they win the Stanley Cup, man. Just give them everything. I mean, crazy. Uh, it's what we do down here. We just I, win down here. I guess so, man. Jeez. <laughs> congratulations. Well, congratulations. Congratulations. What's, what's Tampa Bay's team? I don't even know. Lightning. The Lightning. Oh, that's appropriate. I mean, heck, you guys are like the Lightning capital of the world down there. Yeah, yeah. They they get us out of the. This is great. Not even remotely fishing oriented. Uh, we all we all have apps on our phone for Thomas's swimming group. You know, my Thomas is eleven, uh-huh. swims like a fish, and we get we get updates when the lightning gets within 10, 10 miles of us. Uh-huh. So it says, so we know that we need to start getting ready to either hightail it out of there if it gets within two or three miles of us mm-hmm. because you don't want someone in the pool if lightning strikes so it, it's a re- it's ridiculous i mean it, it it's like an amber alert down here if an amber alert happens uh everybody's phone goes off and heaven forbid you should hear lightning 30 miles away and then all of us this is all what happened in some <laughs> we're all looking to see how close or how far away it is from us Oh, that's funny. I, I think I, I'm going to do that FTC box on, uh, to get back to what I was saying. And then uh, I'm pretty sure there's just some um, – I got to st- start – I need to upload some of these uh, closer looks that have been done for – some of them have been done for five or six months. Uh, but there's just been other things I've been working on, and, and mm-hmm. it just they just haven't made it into the into the schedule. So there's a bunch of those I got to do. I got some crazy ones. You're definitely a busy man. I've got a box of the. I, I mean, I've got the. I've got so many. I've got the Norris, Maxi Frog, the Glidesdale. Uh, there's so many frogs and stuff in this box that are this bag from Monster Bass. This is not what Monster Bass sends. I should mention that. And then, and that isn't even in this whole thing is filled with just one or two lures for closer looks. Mm. I mean, there's stuff in here from all the new chase baits. If you haven't seen those, some of them are a little bit, uh, a little bit freaky and they got a lot of scent by the way. Oh God. I just realized how bad it smells in this box. Oh gosh. Yeah. Those closer look videos are good though. I I enjoy watching them. That's a new chase baits. I've got so many of them uh, coming up. Gee crack. I don't even know how you say that. How do you say that name? Ba- Bayo Bab Hog. Yeah, and, and I thought and I thought it's G crack. I, I heard some Japanese guy on a video saying you pronounce it G crack. I'm like, are you serious? It looks like gee crack to me. But yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know. This is the stinkiest bait I've ever smelled. Wow. You can see the little garlic thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is funkified the whole, this whole thing. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's yeah, a, the little bee. It's very similar 
to that grub, the chase baits grub I was throwing. Yeah, there's, there's, I've got so many things. I mean, that I have all those to do closer looks on, and then all this. Yeah, holy cow. That's come in over the last couple, you know, four or five weeks. That unfortunately, I can't do the, the underwater stuff because it's summer and everybody's at the springs right now. So I don't want to. You know, they, they get a little worried that I'm going to snag somebody, even though I don't cast the bait ever. So, See what Hank says about your place? It's a religious experience being at yeah. your studio. Yeah, there's there's a lot. There's just so much stuff. I mean, you saw some of the stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's... I, I have... Bu- yeah. <laughs> Look at this. It's a koozie with two lures in it. Nice. Nothing like a koozie full of lures. And, and that that's one of two boxes. Holy Why God. did you send me that? <laughs> I don't need those. Sweet. Just more stuff to give away. Well, we're out of time, guys. Uh, it's been a fun show. I had a great time. Hope you guys did, too. It's good to be back. And we will be back next Wednesday night. Same time, same place. And uh, please, if you have not already, go check out the Get Your Fish on YouTube channel and the Mr. Bass channel. We appreciate the support. Also, if you want more of me, my live show is going to be Sunday night, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. Next weekend, we might have a guest. Yeah, we need a guest. We we haven't got a guest. guest. That sounds great. Big name. We can decide on which two we want. We should All don't right. mention it, but you need to. You know both of them. Yeah, yeah. Just I do. out of curiosity, which one would you like—the older person or the younger person? Uh, I think I want that younger dude. Okay. Uh, I want the, I want the right older dude. I want the older dude too, but uh, the younger dude's on fire. <laughs> I will text him right now. Right on. Okay, guys, have a great night. And you want to close us out, Steve? Take a kid fishing and get your fish on. Thanks, guys. Right on. See you guys.